0: Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 19. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. Can you believe it's February already? A month has already gone of this year. It is flying by. Statistically, 90% of you have already given up on your goals. And for the small minority who are still on track and still doing the work, con- congratulations. If you're a little bit lost on your on your goals, perhaps your plan wasn't great. Pop back over, listen to episode 15, uh, where we talk about the plan. Or you could always listen to episode 14 with our guest, Dave Heiner, who talks about why smart goals don't work. And it's you know it's it's the usual sort of thing. Just keep 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 the faith, get back on track, and and head towards achieving those tasks and that you want to achieve. So we have a fantastic guest this week, Amy Schmittauer. Um, I have followed Amy for that sounds a bit freaky, but I have followed Amy for quite some time on YouTube. She is, I just love her personality. I love, and you'll you'll hear on the interview. Um she is she has just got so much passion in in this field of of vlogging and using video. And I first came across Amy. I heard her presentation on Chris Marr, who we heard on episode nine. He brought her to the content marketing Academy event. and I it was just brilliant, and I had to get her on the show because I know it's something that I need to work on using video more effectively. Um, Amy makes it look so easy, but I know that's obviously not how she's always felt about video, but also it's something that keeps coming up with clients who come up and say, well, I need to do more video. And it's, it's not my area of expertise, but it certainly is Amy's. So let me tell you a little bit about Amy Schmittauer. Amy is producer of Savvy Sexy Social, a YouTube series dedicated to helping you go after the life you want. Co-founder of the video content marketing firm Aftermark, Amy has helped clients discover brand awareness through video blog content and is also the author of Vlog Like a Boss, How to Kill It Online with Video Blogging. Amy, I just want to welcome you to the show.
1: Hello Jeff, thanks for having me.
0: It's an absolute pleasure. So Amy, could you just tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey? That journey that brought you into the entrepreneurial world. Um, and so we can so we can find out more about you.
1: Yeah, that's easy. I actually went to school for political science. I thought I was going to work on the campaign trail and and raise money for my life Life path. And it's funny, I ended up just stumbling upon the internet, which actually was in my life for some time, but I I started enjoying creating video content. And uh, the first video I ever made was for a girlfriend who was getting married. And I just fell in love with the editing process. I found this platform called YouTube started uploading videos there. And it was just fun videos about my life. That led me to get connected with brands and, and basically companies saying, oh my gosh, everybody's talking about this thing called Facebook and they say we have to do it too. And I just like, oh, here's a couple things you should know. And I just started teaching things here and there and realized – this was something people needed. And so that's what started as a a side hustle essentially Mm -hmm. on the side of the lobbying job that I was doing. And, and, and in that work, um, I was going home and having this little side business where I was helping local businesses with their social media. So that was about a year. And, uh, I, decided you know what I'm way more excited about this than I am my my regular job my regular job so I decided to leave full time and start this business because I knew I wasn't giving enough time to what could be something successful and and a real passion in my life and I took the jump and I haven't had to look back to plan B ever since
0: so obviously it's 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 lovely because it, a lot of the times is when you're speaking when I'm speaking to guests on the show it's about that courage of just mm. okay there's there's a there's a bigger drive to do this yes. thing than there is yes. that thing and how did you deal what sort of challenge did you have on the way because obviously you know you watch you do videos now and you know you make it look so easy mm-hmm. and 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 I know you've been doing some videos that talks about the challenges and those sort of things mm-hmm. what do you think are the or the obstacles that get in the way of people starting to create video and how important is video as well
1: well i think first of all it's, it's hugely important we're in mm. 2017 now and we're still saying it's the year of video it's been the year of video since like 2011 every mm. freaking year and that's what's a big sign of this is just fundamentally where we are going with communication the biggest hang ups and there's a few but uh, let's just, let's just put the, probably the most important one out there is that everything else can be overcome. If you will allow yourself the ability to kind of get vulnerable, get vulnerable in front of the camera and video doesn't always mean you have to be on camera, but it was already hard enough that you started your business. But if the only person working for that business or the main person working for that business, the face of the brand is you. And now we're talking about video and the most impactful video you can create is you on camera. That's a lot to take on. You've already come. So far, you're already doing scary things as it is. And now you have to put yourself out there and be more personable and make those connections. And video is the most incredible and, and fastest, quite frankly, way to do that. So that's a big hang up. People don't people not comfortable with that. You know, I get the comment most frequently like, oh, well, you were born to do this or you have a personality that's perfect for it. I have a face for radio and you name it. And it's very easy to kind of deflect away from what your own issues might be with being on video, but we all have them. And I was certainly never somebody that was meant to be on camera. I hid from it for most of my childhood. And this is just how it all worked out. I found that my message was important enough that I would sit somewhere in a awkward situation in order to most effectively get that message out there and that's what happens when you overcome that issue but i really think the big issue is is simply the vulnerability side of it that yeah. can that can be there
0: yeah and i suppose i suppose this as well as it's you've been doing this for a long time and just like you know as you as you as you craft your professional speaking side of it you have to be able to craft And take the time to craft that bit in your performance in front of the camera, don't you?
1: Yes, absolutely. Because you have to decide what your brand is. And that's already hard enough of a task. Now it's what your brand is on video. Because when you think about it, it's like what, you know, we all know that the the quick explanation of what a brand is, what is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So you have to think about that same idea. When someone watches my video, what is it that they're going to be able to say about me? when they walk away and tell someone about this because that's the entire reason we're doing it is creating value in this way so that somebody will share it right quote unquote share it but the but the share actually means they are saying something about you so that they directly give you that testimonial as to why somebody else should care so what is that brand and that's that's a lot to think about and that's a lot that you have to do kind of work through because if you don't know what that is then it's going to be really hard to get on camera and create this content with a purpose
0: yeah And, and for you, when you do, when you do your content, when you're, when you are vlogging and stuff is, do you script it out or do you kind of like just go, there's an idea and, and then you go with it or is it a mixture of both? How, how do you sort of go through that process for you?
1: I don't script out very many things. I will say that I have scripted videos and more and more I play with voiceover. That stuff can Mm -hmm. be scripted here and there. But if you watch my most traditional content, something I've built a channel of 600 videos on for the most part, that stuff of me sitting in front of a camera just directly looking into your eyes. The only way to most effectively do that is to look into the lens of the camera. I have a memory that is not worth a a, I'm not even going to cuss, but it's like you cannot rely on this memory. So Mm -hmm. I'm not reading a teleprompter, and a script is going to be too hard for me to memorize if I'm trying to look at the lens like it's a person. So you won't find that very often from me. I would much rather take a topic and say, okay, I mean, I'm not going to talk about something I don't already know, and I can't just have a conversation about. I want it to feel like you are sitting down with me. The art of the vlog is that you are sitting in the room with me right now, and we are talking to each other. In order to achieve that I'm gonna talk about something I know really well and what I would be saying to my best friend if they were sitting here with me and in order to achieve that I just need to have a topic maybe a bullet point list of things next to me so I don't lose track of where I should be if I go on a tangent which I absolutely as you can tell have the ability to do and I make sure I get the video accomplished editing helps me make sure I can kind of look at my notes and make sure I'm on track so I can get my eyes right back on that lens and keep going and that's really really important because that that is why video blogging works or social video in any respect works is because it's not somebody reading a prompt or doing something super official and, and distant and the walls are up. It mm. is about feeling like you're right there.
0: And I suppose vulnerability and authenticity and talking about your your area of expertise is, is that ability to be more natural. And I suppose for some people well probably maybe more for more for more than not is you can lose that natural flow if Mm. you have that a teleprompter a prompt or a or a script out or something like that
1: absolutely it's all about the fact that you're we're talking through these things right if someone was sitting in the room with you there would be no question you Mm. it would be natural for you to talk to a person i mean even for introverts we 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 have learned that we don't have a choice we have to talk to people now (laughs) With that being the case, that is what changes when you look at the lens of a camera. And when you're doing it right, you're thinking about the fact that that's a person, one person, not thousands of people mm-hmm. and not this dormant electronic device. Because both of those things are unnatural for you to be talking to. But one person is pretty natural for most people. And so that is what is the game changer. When you're trying to think about how do I be natural on camera, you should be thinking about how do I naturally talk to a human? Because if I have properly created this content for somebody that's going to be so valuable, they're going to remember me. I created it for the one perfect person, that perfect customer, perfect viewer, who is that person and why are they listening to you right now? How did you come into their life? So they're hearing this. How do you talk to them so that that is natural. And once you've accomplished that, you've accomplished talent and Mm. you've accomplished personality with video.
0: Yeah, No, no, absolutely. I actually love the ones you do where you're with a glass of wine. I think they I are know. some of their my really- favorite as
1: well. That's so funny. We have yeah. so much in common.
0: <laughs> you can't no. do too many takes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah.
1: those are those are as natural as they get. Let me tell you. I mean, it's funny that that was a product of. Uh, I went to the YouTube Next Up program yeah. over the summer. Essentially, YouTube, you apply for it, but man, I didn't think in a million years I would ever get it. Essentially, if you're at a certain. Uh, area of your career on YouTube between 10,000 and 100,000 subscribers you can apply to YouTube Next Up and they basically invite you, if you're a winner, and say, We want to, we want to invest in you and we want to teach you more about upgrading equipment, upgrading your content plan, and a lot of stuff I already know, but you sometimes you gotta hear things over again. And one of the things that came out of that was one of my teammates, Crystal, I was talking to her. She's like, you know, how could you how could you get even more personable than you already do? Hmm. Because the balance that I had to start to create was I was good at making a connection with my audience, but I always had to teach them something. I felt like they weren't being done right by me unless I got on that soapbox and taught something to them and, and made them feel like they got value out of it. But you know we we really w- broke it down it was like they they care about you too so how do you make it also hey here's an invitation into my world and that's also a way of of letting people connect with you you don't always have to hammer out value and a tip and a tactic but you can also just say hey here's here's what i'm up to and i just said you know i like to drink wine and so <laughs> that's literally you know as long-winded and as sexy as it sounds that's how i made the excuse to drink wine on camera no so-
0: I, 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 I was <laughs> to think of props like that it was saying, like, oh a bottle of beer how do we do how do we fit that one in my videos right. yeah absolutely
1: i mean you know drink responsibly but absolutely it, you know it- it's, uh, and it's always my first glass when I start the video I never go into a second one so no. we're a one class we're one glass classy lady but no I think I think that's just a testament to how do you continue to make it you yes. how do you continue to stand out what is that what is your differentiator you know you're not a lush but you like a nice glass of wine and you like to make it seem like hey welcome to wine night where we sit down as you know besties and we talk and that is the vibe that I wanted to create so it's more about thinking bigger about how you do that yeah
0: absolutely. and i suppose is what, what I, one of the uh, for you is is when you go and meet people who follow you on on your youtube channel and your facebook and everything else do you find that they they seem to gravitate to you and just seem to get very comfortable with you very quickly because you have created that relationship on on youtube
1: I think it's a number of things uh, I always say, and I mean it. I'm not just, I literally am not just saying this Mm -hmm. because- The goal of all YouTubers is to start somebody's session there and make them happy to stay there because if you do that, YouTube likes you a lot because it means they make a lot of money. So my goal is to get you to stay. My ultimate goal is for you to stay and watch more of me. So Mm. in order for me to do that and the reason why I think people have become so rabid about my particular content once they subscribe or become a viewer Mm. is that I, I do not waste any time bringing value. And in over 600 videos, a lot of those videos are less than 5 minutes and I can teach something fast. Mm-hmm. So that's been a lot of it but not just that. I'm not standing there, you know, in a suit and tie or you know no. whatever girls wear. And 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 that that's not what it's about. I want to talk to you. My goal when I started this particular platform was all the companies I was talking to basically wanted to hang themselves over the fact that they had to have a Facebook page. Now this was back in 2010, 2011. It, might still be a similar conversation today to be completely honest, but they were not happy about it. And they definitely weren't happy about having to learn it, Mm. especially the small business that's trying to do everything. And now they have to do this. And that's, there's that mentality still there. So my goal was, I want to teach you this because I hope you'll hire me to help you. Mm. But in order for me to meet you where you are right now, I know I have to teach you things. not only the things that you want to know, but I also want to do it in a way that you're not going to feel like it's a chore. And so the other reason I think the quick tips work is because I also make sure you have a good time while you're there. First of all, I basically cut out any time of me breathing. It's called a jump cut. It's an editing, it's an editing tactic. But other than that, I I also am a fairly sarcastic and, and flavorful person. So I let that shine through in my video content because if you're going to work with me, then the brand of me is the brand of my videos and you're going to, you're going to feel that way. Mm. So that's really left an impact on people because they always say and when i said this is what i always say They don't watch one. They always watch between eight and 600 videos Yes, because they get so much out of it so quickly. It's very easy to binge that. And that is the ultimate goal that somebody is so excited about what you bring to the table. They discovered you because of where they are and they keep going with you because now they trust you Mm -hmm. and they like you and they want to keep going and they want to share and they want to stay tuned for every single episode. So I, I honestly think that's what it is
0: yeah and it's it, it's interesting as well because it's it's i do i do look forward to the humor side and the learning side of mm-hmm. the videos so i love the one where you i think it was quite an early one where you were with being showed the dslr for the first time oh, or yeah so that's you've a popular got, yeah so you've gone that one and then i think when you came back from the youtube thing you got some new kit yeah and you tested yes. it out and from the geeky guy in me it was like yeah. oh wow that is just so different that looks so cool so it's it it's really interesting when you when you watch them and you because you've done so many videos there's such a story of your journey mm-hmm. and i love i love i love that You know and it's it's it's, 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 it's for me who's kind of like started the videos later than I should have, and I know that it's those <laughs> it's those things that you go go through and it's just it, a really I'm interesting so glad- way.
1: I'm so glad you said that. And I want to point out one of the things you said, which was the journey, right? Mm. Because I, the one of the questions I get most frequently is, okay, we want to leverage this YouTube channel or this platform, yada, yada, yada. Should we delete old videos from it because they're not quite good enough? I'm mm. better now. We got good gear. We've got a new plan. And that's what I want people to remember is – As much as I would love to go through (laughs) and delete a bunch of videos that are terrible, it doesn't matter because whoever watched it did learn something from it, and there are still people who can learn something from it, and... It's super meta satisfaction for me because I'm trying to teach you that you can make video too. If you watch my latest stuff, you may or may not feel that's possible for you. You may think I make it look easy. If you go back and watch the beginning stuff, I guarantee you're going to feel real good about yourself getting started. (laughs) And that's great. That's important for me, but it should be important for everyone because they get to see that even this company started here. Even this company started with their smartphone. Even this company just uses Snapchat. You know, you don't have to do this grandiose video thing anymore to have an incredible video presence so the journey is what's making it so special invest in your archives because they will all pay off for you
0: yeah and the other thing is interesting because I get quite a lot of clients who we talk about you know okay you need to start doing video to help your business and the first thing is is well I don't have good enough tech right and they immediately think oh no I need to go out and buy a DSLR that's you know 600 Well, uh, whatever it is in dollars or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, well, when you look at your iPhone now, you can do literally, I mean, that's a 1080p, all right, you know, technical depth of field and all of that might not be as good as, but, and it's getting past that, well, I suppose it could be, do you think it's like the procrastination of, I'm oh, just not
1: <laughs> absolutely absolutely. Okay, so let's break this down, right? Everybody uses the equipment excuse. Everyone. Yeah. Even I mean like I can use it on some level. Yeah. But the reality is if you start with the uh, the equipment motivation you are deflecting everything else. You can go and get that gear first. And that's, that's one problem. If you don't even know how to use it, which is why that DSLR video was so important for me. Cause I was like, well, if I'm going to switch to this, you better show me how to do it. And I might as well make a video about it because now I'll have a reason to learn. But that that's the thing. People always deflect with, with equipment. The other thing is don't go buy the gear, start with what you have. Cause quite frankly, are you even going to know how to use it? You might as well use the iPhone because you probably can't screw it up for the most yeah. part. Yeah. So that's another thing as well. But yes, bottom line is this. It doesn't matter if I'm like, okay, here you go. You've got a smartphone, maybe buy a $50 microphone that's going to upgrade it just a little bit. And let's get you a, a little tripod. You're good to go. Get started. Mm-hmm. Now we've got a new problem because it doesn't matter about the equipment. There's always an underlying issue because we just don't have the excuse about tech anymore today.
0: No. No. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. Because that's uh, cause it's it's I know when I first started the show and you know and I was talking to my mastermind group and I was no no I need to buy a, an audio mixer and I need to get this mm-hmm. And I was like oh come on Jeff I mean how many times have you just done this strategy right. in, in something else. So it's like right okay let's just go to the go to as long as the sound quality is good and as long as I've got a good plat- line in for audio then that's fine. I don't need anything else and we can yeah. develop that as we get get better and get more popular and everything else.
1: Right, exactly. So so important to just get started. To be honest, you know, a lot of even me, I there are things I know I would love to have, mm. but I don't buy them right away because I would rather feel pain by not having them so that when I do go and order this crazy expensive light or something to upgrade the audio, my, my lavalier mic was $800. Like think about that. Do you need it yet? No. Wait until you need that thing because you better use the crap out of it. You should not be just blowing money on all of this equipment only to find out that it's, it's a, it's an inner issue or Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a legal issue or it's any other issue than the tech.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it, 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 as soon as you jump onto the expensive stuff, you know you're going to be spending a lot more money. So it's far better just to go for the exactly the the, the cheaper versions that are still just as good to start off with. Exactly, uh, Amy, I could speak to you for hours. Um, I know. Okay, so um, you, you just <laughs> you just have that effect. Um, okay, so that's why
1: I don't stop talking. Quite
0: frankly, no. <laughs> that's why you're a speaker and you do what you do. You That's know, true. there you go. Um, but you're teaching, so you're, 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 you're matching everything you need to match.
1: Yep. <laughs> I, got that from, I got that from my mom. She's a teacher. So
0: it's All right.
1: Engrained.
0: Okay. <laughs> so what we're going to do now is we're going to go to the second part of the show, which is the question time. So um, I'm going to ask you a set of questions I asked every guest, and we um, see what common threads come up. So okay. the first question is, how much time a week do you spend in self-development?
1: Oh god. How many hours are there in a week? Cuz I use all of them. I mean, thing. I it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. I I uh other than the time that I've been writing and editing a book, I'm reading others yeah. all the time. So I would say that's about uh it, at minimum 30 minutes a day, I like to get an hour. Um, And I also tend to only watch YouTube videos that are personally development as well. And so I have to do a a fair bit of research on that side. Mm -hmm. So that's probably at least 30 minutes a day. I mean, it's, it's very, very frequent. And then of course, there's just taking care of yourself, which is like the morning routine, journaling, going to the gym and things like that. So that's a daily, that's a daily couple of hours. So it's just I I fully believe that if you are not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else, and so that yeah. stuff has to happen every single day.
0: Totally agree, totally agree. And for you, how much? Um, just curious, like how much time do you do practicing the art of video? So after, do you go out and just shoot videos to learn different techniques or anything, or do you tend to just go, okay, this is this this is the one that works for me, and that's how I always do it. <laughs>
1: I think it's really important to do both because right. it's it's you can always get better, but it's really great when you can accomplish video on a very regular basis because you've figured out what your flow is. Mm. So on some level, I do have that flow, um, and I'm making a, two videos a week right now, and those usually take me right around – Ah, uh, two to three hours to completion. So, uh, you know, filming, editing, uh, getting any additional B-roll. Um, it's it's fairly simplistic video, so that's why it doesn't take as long. Mm. Uh, but you know, I actually have so many videos on my channel that I actually have to double check are unlisted or and and private because mm. they are just me testing exports and, and frames per second and things like that, just white balances. So I'm constantly testing my camera gear to see what it can do Mm. so that I can achieve different looks and different feels with content, not just for myself, but for clients as well. So Mm. yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a lot of my time as well.
0: Yeah, okay, brilliant. okay so this number question number two is what is your favorite personal development book and why? and it doesn't necessarily have to be a traditional personal development book. It's just something that has taught you something to that's helped you grow.
1: Well, I think as far as personal development goes, I re- I'm going to just give a nod to the first book that really started to change everything in my mindset. When I realized I didn't have to work at a regular job, when I realized I wanted to start my own business. Um, I live in Columbus, Ohio. And if you're familiar with Lewis house, he was from here as well. He lives in LA now. And he was one of the first people that ever reached out to me and said, Hey, I see what you're doing. So let's go get coffee. I would love to hear what you're doing. And so he sat down and and we talked and, and I told him I'm going to blog world. And he was like, awesome. You'll, you'll love it. You're going to learn a lot there. And he's also said, you need to read crush it by Gary Vaynerchuk. And that was when I really started to get introduced by Gary. I think I knew about him a little bit before that, but that book, he told me to read it and it crush it by Gary Vaynerchuk is still to this day, such an incredible motivator yeah. that I, I learned quite a bit about the fact that I had the ability to make whatever I wanted to if I wanted to. And what I love about Gary, and, and I don't have to work you know 24-hour mm. days to believe in what he believes. What I do believe is that whatever i want to do i have the time to do it if i make the time to do it and if i need to get the help to get something done i can get the help to get something done nobody else's success affects me only i can control it and yeah. i think he really teaches that well in that book if you want to crush it you have to do it and yeah. so go do it
0: yeah yeah no absolutely funny enough lewis how I've, I've um i've sent him an invite to the show but also i'm after i've spoken to you there's a webinar that he's doing so I'm I'm shooting onto that one. So funny. That's funny. Yeah. People just come up. Um, Okay. So question number three is what is your favorite app?
1: Ooh, my favorite app. (laughs) Oh, that is tough. Um, Well, I think hands down, if we have to call the favorite app the one I'm in the most, it's it's YouTube Creator Studio, which is essentially YouTube for creators. Uh, But... I am still a sucker for Twitter, okay. so that's that's my very close second. Because I go there and I love it, and I love it, and I love it, even though it seems to be dying for some reason. I wish they could figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I'm still I still love Twitter. It's got a very special place in my heart, so I'm in that that app a lot.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Okay, excellent. Okay, so question number four, uh, four is: What's your biggest business mistake, and what did it teach you? Let's see my business,
1: my biggest business mistake. Um, I think by far in a way that that is believing that I have, I have to do everything. Okay. And that's something more from the, not the micromanagement side, but more from the, I haven't earned the right to ask people side. And I had a hard time asking for help in a lot of ways for a long time. So I think that there are certain areas of my business that would be much further along or in a different place or, um, a little bit more matured and only because I waited so long for, you know, so many years at the beginning of my business to try to ask for help or try to mastermind with people or, or try to kind of just just get out of my own bubble. I always thought I'm going to have to figure it out myself because nobody's going to help me. And and I've learned that that's not true. You do have to bring value. You can't ask for stuff first. And I think that's the nice thing that I kind of keep in mind because I already have a hard enough time asking for help. Mm. But... By keeping in mind that you have to bring the value first, you always come off as someone that people want to help. And so that's why I'm so overly humbled every time somebody says they want to do something for me because I'm like, wait, why? Like, what, what did I do? Did I do something good? Tell me what I Because it's so incredible to me how amazing people can actually be. And we need each other period. You can't do this by yourself. You can't grow a business by yourself. You need people to help you. You need people's insights. You need to know their failures. And so I think that's the biggest mistake that I made. It's sort of a broad answer, but waiting too long to ask for help from people who know what you don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And was was that help? Was was it because they're further forward than you, they're they're someone you look up to? Was that? Yeah, it it could
1: be any number of things, right? Like, it could be just, um sales versus marketing I feel I'm very far in in the in the area of marketing but at the beginning I wasn't very good at selling myself so just being able to talk to somebody and say like what would be the best way for me to sell myself and how do I nail that procedure and understand the mindset I need to be going from a marketing to a sales perspective I think there are just things other people do really well a salesperson who needs help with marketing you know that's potential to swap information how do you benefit each other because it's they may be further along than me or not the bottom line is they're further along than me in something I am not as good at so that's what matters it's not about whose building is bigger it's more just what do you bring to the table that I cannot do but you know what I know I
0: need it yeah brilliant no fantastic okay question number five is what are your challenges in balancing work and life and how do you manage them
1: well, this is a really interesting question because um, I'm engaged to somebody that doesn't even live in the same state as me. So the, it's quite the balance. It is is quite the balance. I feel like no matter what, um, I I'm very passionate about what I do. So yeah. this whole like balancing work and fun doesn't really it doesn't even equate in my brain because yes. I make time for my girlfriends, I make time for my family, and I do it because I want to. And the reason why that's easy for me is because I I designed my entire career to work around my life. So when yeah. I get to do those things. I, it's, it's just going on the calendar. Everything's going on the calendar. And you know what, I'm not going to work on a project that night because I'm celebrating somebody's birthday. So that part is easier, easiest for me. Um, But one thing that I think is really important is just communication, because sometimes um, just how you talk to people, you have to remember like what mode you're in. Like, I yeah. s- tend to be pretty diplomatic and black and white and very businessy a lot of the time. And then uh, I'll find that I'm like trying to talk to my fiance, who I also do some business with. And it's like more balancing, like, oh, are we just the couple right now? Or are yeah. we talking from a business perspective? And so that's an interesting balance. And I think, I think any couple, whether you work together or not, has to find that as well. So I actually. I'm learning a lot in that. Hmm. When do you take a time out? When do you let your brain turn off? Because hmm. um, that's very hard for me to do. I'm really good at allocating time to go someplace else. I don't know that my brain's turned, turned that subject off. And so that's sort of, yeah. that's a challenge I work
0: on. Yeah. It's one, one of the interesting things I'm realizing when I'm speaking to you is because you've done so many videos, it is <laughs> like an archive of conversation. Because <laughs> what I was going to say is, is you do, a, you did a great video about how you plan. Mm-hmm. um and how you put the time aside and and all of the things that you do in order to help you be more productive and shape that right that i, I don't like the word work life balance but it's blending yeah. it um yeah. Beca- yeah. you know it's putting that into into it and it's it's also interesting i work for family businesses and and relationships within that was it's always a tough conversations to have mm. cuz you don't know when work is or not so it's trying right. to learn to switch that off. It is, it is a great challenge. Christmas really. dinner and you're talking about work. It's like, no, it oh, doesn't God, happen. I know. I know.
1: You have to be so careful about that because you, it's, a, it's, you become dull. Everybody <laughs> thinks you're so dull. Like, oh, do you have anything else going for
0: you? Amy, I don't think that's possible with you. <laughs> I, I, I really don't think that people would think you're dull. Okay. Question number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had wish you sorry which you wish you had known yourself when starting out uh do video
1: do video yeah i mean i kind of knew that though so that's, (laughs) that's cheating that's true that's cheating um the thing that i wish i would have known uh was how important i and i think i knew this but I did, it took me a while to figure out what my flow would be in terms of nurturing my network. And when I say nurturing my network, we meet so many people on this journey, just so many. And you should never really write anyone off as a, as potential to help you someday. One of the first people I ever met in uh, at a conference, my first conference ever, uh, you know, just got me my highest paying speaking gig six years later. Mm. So you really have to remember. Who are all these people? How do you keep track of them and and just remind them that you exist and continue to keep the value? It's not just about going to Twitter and getting your stuff out there on your soapbox. It's mm. also about checking in with those people who have met you, who've connected with you, who know you and saying, how are you? How can I help you? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We should be doing video. Mm. Hey, yeah. Can we get on a call? And it's incredible what happens when you don't let people fall through the cracks
0: yeah no it's one it's one of the reasons my strapline is just one conversation can create a lifetime of results Mm -hmm. because you've got no idea i remember having one client in norway that referred me to 30 people Mm -hmm. so you just you just never know and it's you should never dismiss sometimes the quiet ones are the most are the most beneficial ones so you just never Mm -hmm. know do you Mm -hmm. okay so now we come to the life lesson question so Um, what I would ask you to do is pick a number between 1 to 50 and uh, whatever number that lands on is a link a lesson and I will talk about my experience with that lesson and then we will see if it is something that you've experienced or, or bring it up as a discussion point one thinks.
1: Okay, I choose the number 31.
0: Number 31 is positive people. So it's, um, which is apt for you quite really. Um, yeah. So, so it's, for me, it was about the, the time, cause I went through mental illness. I went through uh, clinical depression and that sort of thing. And it wasn't until I started to understand the power of being around positive people that it really benefited me, not only in my, in myself and nurturing who I was and, and, and keeping me at a, a more positive level, but also is, is when I started to look at the business it was about making sure that the people around you are the ones that nurture you and help you and are positive and not the ones that are the naysayers and the, the ones that pull you back.
1: Oh, that's strong. That's so important. I think I even did a video on this. Probably. I, I mean, I know that that's shocking, but I, I, I've made a video about everything at this point, but I remember talking about this because I was hurting for somebody so much because of how affected that they were by the negative people around them. And and it just motivated me to talk because I think we have the ability to forget what it means to be a victim sometimes, but we can project that personality by allowing ourselves and the people around us to think that our feelings are controlled by all of these things happening around us. And it's just not true. And you, I I love, this was a, a quote that I heard who, who made this, who said this quote, but John Lee Dumas has been making it famous in recent years that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Was that Jim Rohn? I think and, so. Yeah.
0: I think and, so.
1: and that's so true. Yeah. because you will become these people who are around you you you'll be influenced by them so if those people are are making you feel something that makes you feel less than or or makes you feel like you're not where you should be you'll start to believe that that's true and mm-hmm. that's that's a bad bad idea that's yeah. a bad thing you sound. do not want that no. and so i think i think that i'm so glad that this was the one that I picked because that's powerful and it actually kind of goes back. I found the video. It's called, who are the people you surround yourself with? I made it in September of, of, of 2015.
0: I'll put the link Uh, on the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be links of videos. That's all it's going to (laughs) be. I know.
1: I know. Isn't that funny how this works? But it's just, it's just, it's so, it's so big. And it goes back to what I was saying about asking for help because Mm. what you're actually doing, and this is why we mastermind. And this is why we talk to people because it, it's just making you a better person based on what they bring to the table. Table and the fact that you're inviting them into your life. Yeah. so what who are those five people? I think it's huge.
0: Yeah, and also it's another reason why I did this the show is because mm-hmm. what I want to do is meet cool people who have got <laughs> great story, great passion, great purposes and who want to do who want to change whether people necessarily want to change the world but they want to change their world and the people that surround them in some positive way and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's it's amazing the people you can meet. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's it's amazing that, you know, you can, you can put it out there and go, you know, I want to speak to these types of people. And, you know, I'm just Jeff Nicholson from the Northeast, but I'm somehow way, shape or form. I am linked to be able to speak to you today. And that's, that's a cool thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's not always, you know, positive people. We can, we've got to have that courage to go, who am I going to let in? And and be around me on a mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And unfortunately, sometimes we're going to make difficult choices. Uh, sometimes to some of the negative people are family, which is a little bit more um, diplomatically challenging. Yeah. But you know, we we can still have a choice of who we surround ourselves with most of the time. And I mm. think that's the important thing because, as if you are following a passion, if you are following something that is is a burning desire in you, which you know most entrepreneurs have got. You have to have the people that want to help you on the way and not the ones that want to hold you back and decide to throw anchors down and stop you from moving forward.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more.
0: Well, we have come to the end of the show, Amy. Um, and what I'd love you to do now is give a chance for people to find out more. I know you, you've bought a book out recently, so it gives you an opportunity to share that. But also, is it's just how people can find out more about you? And obviously YouTube is going to be there. So there'll be a link to your YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to check out any of those videos. They're free. So you can just watch (laughs) to your heart's content. Um, But I actually just put out my first book, basically my opportunity to take uh, everything I've learned over the last, I guess it's almost nine years on video creation and uh, put it into a comprehensive guide. It's called "Vlog Like a Boss: How to Kill It Online with Video Blogging." It's out today, and I'm just so excited to finally have my first book out. It's just such a, an amazing feeling. It's been such a road to get here. You can actually find out more details about the book, uh, me, any incentives for for grabbing a copy. All of it's at vloglikeaboss.com.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much, Amy. Um, best of luck with the launch and how it goes. Thank you very much for taking the time for joining me on the show, and I wish you the greatest success.
1: Jeff, thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it.
0: Take care. So first of all, just let me say a huge thank you for tuning in or subscribing to the show. I'm very grateful for that. If you have any suggestions of topics that you would like to to suggest that we have on the show, or perhaps you want to give me feedback of – what you think about the show, then you can send any emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk. I love hearing from you, and your feedback really does help me make the show better. So, if you want to find out more about me or how I can assist you to live the exceptional life, then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk, or you can follow me on Twitter, look for GN Coach, or on all other social media sites, I am Jeff Nicholson UK you want to subscribe to the show you can find us on itunes and stitcher if you've also enjoyed the show can i invite you to pop over to itunes and give us a rate and review as it really does help make the podcast more visible to increase its audience i look forward to speaking to you next week and i want to take this time to wish you the greatest success take care